Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Grace Asagra of Quantum Nurse Podcast, and we collectively, Roy and I and a few others collectively, created the collaboration from friends amongst the different countries so that we could bring you perspective from different backgrounds. And so that's what we've been trying to do and bring you experts, experts who took courageous um, steps to uh, get out of their comfort, and others had been doing this way before nine, uh, way before 2020, and others are just starting to really connect the dots from all the his all, all our past history, and so um, we're I'm really very excited and honored to have Dr. Uwe Alshner, and he is also been uh, working with. He's been working with uh, Vera Sharab, whom some of you know that we've had her also in the past. But first, let me thank our audience again, our supporters, when you support us by liking, subscribing, and sharing the information that we have through this podcast or through the information of the guests that we bring to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because in connecting with each other, we can make a change of where the history is taking us back again, which we don't want to happen. So Dr. Uwe Alshner, from what I understand a little bit about him, is an excellent historian. He is also an independent journalist. And he had that top level positions in business and politics and because he is an expert in strategic communication and consulting for decision makers. Too bad they didn't consult him on what to do with the so-called pandemic or else we would have not been in this position now. However, he stepped out to really speak out and um, when I get to hear him at Matt Eretz connecting the dots, I was truly excited because for me, someone with his credibility is a good, is a the right person for us to have this conversation. That for those who are awake and for those who are still woke and, and living under the rock, please, it's time to really know what you what you need to know, and and. Uh, let's see, he's just like most of you fathers, he's a father and he has children. And so he cares much about our family, local our, our families and the community and, and the whole world. So, and as Matthew would always say, many people and many podcasters, whether it's in the um, alternative media, we tend to generalize things and simplify things, but sometimes it's important to dig deeper and see what we could learn from the past and not what learning now and then what we can do in the future because never again would anything else and that expression for me is true even in our personal health life sometimes we say okay you know health some things come back again if we don't learn a lesson we, we feel the same health problem so thank you Dr. Uwe Alschner for being with us and please feel free to guide our conversation Thank you very much, dear Grace, for the kind introduction. I'm very excited to be on your show. And so um, there, there are a few things that came right away in my mind when I was uh, thinking and not even 
after you finish the conversation with Matt, I know right away in my heart and in my energy field, I have to invite you. So for the, the things that came into my mind is so many people think that we lost the war. Oh, we lost, we lost the battle. I mean, Germany lost the battle. And of course, the expression is what they didn't really lose the war. So, and many of us think that when we think about Nazi, Nazism, and I remember again one article that Math Eric wrote is that the Nazi healthcare system is being revived and is being revived, has been being revived since nine, uh, 20, 2020. So most people would, would only think that when they think about Nazism, it's only in one country. But more and more, the same thing as when they think about communism. So and then, so I think uh, there's a discussion that you could help us of what is really Nazism like that, and why is it that you and Vera made this document? And also, I know you are busy working on making a book on Never Again is Now Global. So please help us understand, especially those who, who did not get a chance to see that, but there's that documentary film. So if you guys want to do it, just check out the movie, Never Again is Now Global.com. And you'll be so informed and you'll get a different perspective. And now you could understand why that movie was made. So I'll pass it on to Uwe. Thank you. Right. So, so thank you. Yes, um, Grace. Um, first of all, let me let me um, make it clear to everyone that it is um, Vera Sharaf's um, documentary, and it is Vera Sharaf who is uh, doing the book. And I had uh, I have had the honor to be asked by Vera to assist her in this work. And the way this came about was that I, as you said, I've been a middle of the road kind of guy. Um, yes, I had been um, working for senior politicians and, and, and also very successful business people in Germany. I'd been consulting for them. Um, and I would never have thought that we would uh, end up in a situation such as this, where our governments are doing stuff which is not to the benefit of the people. So I'd, I'd always be trustful uh, of um, what my government was doing. And uh, being a German, being historian by training, I also believed uh, in what I was taught about history and politics post-World War II. So, of course, it is clear to everyone that the Nazis were very evil. What they committed in the German name was atrocious and, and it was unspeakable horror which came up, uh, across the world. So if, if in this situation I am being asked by a Holocaust survivor to... Um, First of all, beware, and this was what Vera said when I tried to interview her in April of 2021 about the situation in Israel uh, following the um, start of the injections campaign uh, there. Vera said uh, something which was shocking to me, and that was this could be the beginning of the Fourth Reich. And, you know, uh, I'd always been taught that this uh, history is uh, is unique that you must not uh, relativize the holocaust and, and and therefore of course it it was 
a moment where I thought to myself, wow, this this may be a bit too far, right? So I, um, I, I really was kind of uh, in a position where I felt I needed to protect this um, this very um, dear lady who was talking to me and, and, and maybe, you know, keep her out of harm's way by making comparisons which uh, at that moment I, I thought were maybe a bit too far. But on the other hand, immediately it came to my mind that someone such as Vera with her personal history, she had been a child survivor of the Holocaust. She had lost her father in a camp um, and, and she had survived um, uh, then uh, and, and gotten out uh, of uh, the Nazi um, uh, stronghold. She, she uh, was a Romanian who had been interned in, uh, in what is today uh, Ukraine. And, and due to uh, the works of, uh, of the time, um, she had been put on a, on a track where orphans, um, she wasn't an orphan then, she only was half orphan, but her mother had uh, said to the authorities that this was not her child and that they should um, take Vera uh, to get her out and got her, get her into Palestine, which was um, the, where, where this um, track was headed. Vera, of course, was traumatized by being separated from sh what she knew was her mother. She uh, had, um, of course, uh, no um, understanding of what her mother was trying to do. She she just felt uh, the, the pain of being separated from uh, now her last uh, living relative. And, and therefore, she, she was very much in, in, in pain. Um, she resisted um, to going along with the authorities who wanted to put her on a ship crossing the um, the Black Sea, and and uh, on her on, on the way to to Palestine, she she did not go onto that ship, which saved her life. Right, this ship was torpedoed in the night, and everyone on the ship was uh, was killed. And and Vera, because she threw a temper tantrum um, on shore, was spared. Um, uh, and, and, and this, she said, uh, had a very strong impression on her that she learned that it is necessary to speak up and resist even to authority who want to act um, uh, on your behalf. They are, they, are, they are very often, they are not, and so we have to um, resume our own responsibility. So this, this is something which she explained to me, and, and I, I, of course, I understood that when she makes this comparison and when she expresses this warning, that she clearly must have um, been thinking about it um, very, very thoroughly, right? So therefore, I, uh, I immediately um, suppressed my urge to, to be smarter than than she was and, and, and you know, try to protect her. Instead, I, I, I figured that I had to really get down and, and do more research to understand what she means and, and what I, uh, what I uh, learned from this research was really shocking because it, it unveiled that the history we have been taught um, since um, uh, uh, the war ended is a complete fabrication. It takes away um, much of uh, what has been even instrumental in bringing about the Nazi uh, terror on the world with the aid of oligarchies um, in uh, London, in New York, uh, uh, and, and, you know, this eugenicist uh, mindset, which was not proprietary German. It had been 
are present uh, at, at, at many, many places. So this is something which I learned since. So therefore, I have great respect and I will uh, do everything I can to have um, Holocaust survivors such as Vera Sharaf speak their mind and do what they are being called to do, um, even by the letters and, and, and the, the, the spirit of um, documents such as the President's Commission report from 1997, right? Um, hardly anyone, anyone knows that in 1997, sorry, 1979, uh, I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's uh, speaking English, it's not my mother tongue, so therefore I'm trying, uh, sometimes I'm, I'm speaking in the, in the German way. So 1979 uh, is what I'm talking about. Um, then President Jimmy Carter, he um, inaugurated, he um, called upon a commission um, to make recommendations on an appropriate Holocaust remembrance. Uh, and this commission was uh, consisting of many Holocaust survivors and other dignitaries from all over the world, but many of them were, were Jewish and had um, uh, survived the Holocaust, such as Elie Wiesel, who later was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, and he became a voice for these um, survivors. And, and Wiesel, he chaired this commission, and this commission, uh, after almost a year, presented its report uh, to President Carter and to the world public, in which they stated that it is survivors uh, most of, um, uh, uh, more than others, who have the the, the duty um, to speak their mind and warn about a possible uh, recurrence of another Holocaust, or even only of parts thereof. This is the exact wording in this report. So this document also was something which had been completely, I'd been completely oblivious of, and and it was only. By my work with Vera Sharaf, that I came across this essential documents, which gives, of course, people like Vera Sharaf the right to say whatever she feels is necessary to prevent another Holocaust from um, recurring again. It, it doesn't matter whether it is actually um, how she or others see it, it's just that the world um, um, public has an obligation to take this seriously because those who have survived, they are entrusted by the dead. It is also another expression from this report. They are entrusted by the dead to, uh, to, to bear this, um, uh, this memory and, and to, to, to keep those secrets of the horror alive and also to prevent it by speaking out whenever they see any inclination of danger and that's what Vera does and that's why I think she has the right to say anything she sees fit because she would of course have no um, uh, reason for denigrating or trivializing the memory which uh, which uh, was uh, you know uh, the reason for why she lost her parents and why she seen so much other um, uh, um, uh, horror uh, instead she she knows how it all started namely by um, one is a collaboration with science and medicine on behalf of totalitarian um, um, uh, regime and, and, and concepts such as eugenics, such as the concept of Übermenschen and others who, who, who are of supposedly lesser value. I mean, we have heard those same, almost the same wording now by people like Yuval Noah Harari and others who who uh, who speak this as as though it was um, truth? It's not. 
it is a denial of uh, human dignity. It is, um, it is, um, uh, you know, uh, making uh, making. It's a disgrace to the memory of of those who have been, uh, who who died um, um, by by um, uh, totalitarian regimes, right? So therefore, even though uh, it may not be the case uh, that it is um, as of now already like it was in 1944 or 1945. That's not the question. We have learned in German, it is the saying that beware of the beginnings, okay? So never again is what it is written on, on the uh, memorials. Um, but in German, uh, we have a saying which is slightly different and it says beware of the beginnings. Don't um, uh, shut your, uh, your content. Don't, don't uh, shut up when you see injustice being done to whoever, because it's it, it started with taking away um, those um, very um, you know basic rights. I mean, uh, there was in in 2020 in January 27th. Um, so before the COVID um, hysteria started, there was uh, the 75th anniversary um, of the liberation of Auschwitz, a concentration camp, and they had a, a, a ceremony. At Auschwitz, and on this uh, occasion, Marian Turski spoke. Right, Marian Turski is himself a survivor of Auschwitz. He even survived the death march from Auschwitz um, to to another camp, um, which was done in bitter cold uh, conditions, and many, many, many um, hundreds of uh, of people on this march did not survive. He did survive, and so he was. Um, then asked to speak um, in memory of this um, uh, of this uh, tragedy, and and he also said um, he spoke of the eleventh um, commandment, right? He said, "Thou shalt not be indifferent. You, thou shalt not um, keep silent when people have their rights being taken away." And he also said he recalled a a, a, a um, conversation which he had when he visited the um, U.S. Um, um, South in the 1960s during the uh, civil um, uh, rights movement where he was in Montgomery, uh, where this march was were from, uh, uh, um, from Birmingham to Montgomery um, with Martin Luther King and, and other um, icons of the civil rights movement. And Tusky was there and he was asked by those on the march whether he thought that something similar like the Holocaust could ever ever happen again. And he said, yes, sure, it can happen again. It happens when um, you um, keep uh, silent in the face of um, uh, injustice, uh, in the face of um, human rights violations of any kind. Um, and this is what is uh, meant by beware of the beginning. So therefore, um, it doesn't have to be the ultimate horror already in our face. It may be. Uh, I, 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 I think we need to really take serious those warnings, such as Vera's and others. Um, it may be we have to investigate, but even if it is not, we have an obligation to be aware of the beginnings. And this is what I understood when Vera asked me to um, and invited me to help her in in her work. Right. So this is why I'm. Uh, I will. I will not stop. Uh, this is why I started my Substack. Um, uh, so the substack is never again is now, um, and and it is um, on on uh, on substack where I write about my work with Vera, where I do 
uh, also make um, uh, certain uh, analogies uh, of, of uh, present events and, and also of past events, right? So um, this is something which I will not stop because I see the urgency that everyone wake up that some uh, things are very, very similar to, um, to uh, how it was back then, which I haven't seen on my, uh, my own with my own eyes. But I, that doesn't mean that I uh, must be, um, you know, asleep and, and, and trust the authorities. No, you cannot trust the authorities. We have an obligation to, um, to uh, you know, to uh, be vigilant, uh, each and every one of us. Thank you, Uwe. There's a lot that you share that each of us should contemplate and do our own research. But let me just, uh, in lieu of time that we're thinking and ag agreed upon, maybe I could just share you this image and you tell me uh, what you can share about this image. Yeah, so, so this is something which um, pertains to something which happened um, a few weeks ago. Um, and, and it is an image which was taken from as you can see, the second Corona Symposium in the German Bundestag, which was staged by uh, the uh, opposition party, um, Alliance for Germany, AFD. Um, and they had a two-day symposium um, in the German Bundestag. And it says uh, on this picture, it says Freiheit statt Impfabo. So it is freedom instead of uh, um, uh, uh, you know, a flat rate on vaccinations, uh, basically. Um, so uh, this is this is an image which was used by this parliamentary group um, to uh, to um, advertise their symposium. In the symposium, over two days, um, they had many many experts, all big names in German-speaking countries, who are dissidents for the um, uh, so-called pandemic. Um, measures had been present, had been invited. Um, also, those from abroad, such as Dr. Michael Yeadon. Okay, and um, what I this, the reason why I put it on my Substack is uh, that something very, very troubling happened at this event, which was dedicated to make um, you know um, revelations and and to educate the public about uh, what was happening. Instead, they censored Dr. Yeadon's talk at this very symposium, which is something I, I think you, you must not do. Um, no matter what uh, Dr. Yeadon may have said, I mean, we know by now a, a recorded version of the translation um, interpretation um, has been leaked. So we know, have a rough idea of what he uh, may have said. We also know what he usually says at other instances, um, but the the recording of his own words until this day, which is now, yeah, two months uh, and a bit past this event, it has still not been handed over even to him. And the the reasons uh, this parliamentary group um, uh, said were, uh, I mean. It's completely nonsense. They said they were afraid of being censored by YouTube. Well, I mean, as though this would have been the first time that we would have to find other places than YouTube to to um, to communicate the truth. But to not public uh, publicize um, uh, this talk is uh, something which is a no-go 
by all means, because Dr. Yeden was invited to speak. He spoke on the issue of um, health and freedom on a global issue. And he spoke about other reasons which may have been um, um, uh, behind what was staged during the COVID, so-called COVID pandemic, right? And, and these, of course, are, um, are not related to, um, to just the narrow sense um, uh, health and physical uh, well-being, um, because they are also linked to stuff like um, CBDCs um, uh, and digital Id identity and, and uh, means to control and take away individual liberties and human rights. Uh, on a different matter. And this is what Michael Yeadon is concerned about. Whether or not he's right, I have no idea. Something of what he says seems very, very sensible. And so therefore, I think we should take a good look up, um, and, and, and check out what is behind it. But in any case, he has the right to say this. And he has been invited to say it because it was known what he would say. So therefore, to, to censor it is a no-go. And, and uh, in my piece, I, I write about um, exactly this uh, no-go where some group which calls itself an opposition has been doing the same kind of censorship which we have been standing up against for the whole, for the past five years. Thank you. And this? Yeah, so, so this is um, uh, another piece um, uh, which, I, which I wrote. Um, what you can see is uh, an image from the pandemic prevention platform, P3, of the United States Defense Threat Reduction Agency, I think it is, or, or Advanced Research um, um, Agency, DARPA. Uh, I, I don't know exactly which one of the two, but it's one of, the, of those agencies which are under the, under the umbrella of the um, of the Pentagon, of the UF Defense Forces, and, and they have been working on pandemic prevention um, for a long time, um, even before um, uh, COVID, um, which is something which I think we should look into. And, and the point behind this is, uh, so they're advocating and have been advocated 60 days to stop the pandemic by ways of genetic immunization techniques, right? So um, here is the, the point which I'm making um, in this piece, and I'm, I'm drawing on research from people such as Dr. Jonathan J. Cooey um, uh, from Giga Ohm Biological, or people like uh, Mark Kulak of Fusatonics um, uh, Live, um, who have been doing intensive research about the whole issue. Uh, and they are um, also, so they are saying, Dr. Kui, who is a biologist, um, who's saying there is no rationale for any novel pathogen being around spreading um, uh, since 2020. Uh, um, instead, it is very likely that it has been fabricated um, um, just to, to have this kind of impression of, of spread, but it is basically mainly mesh casualty events which have been staged, he says, um, in order to make um, it appear as though there was a novel pathogen when in fact they have been rehearsing this situation of a novel pathogen circulating in order to take away 
freedoms and to introduce those kind of containment measures. And in this case, I can uh, go back to my earlier um, uh, remarks about Dr. Yeadon. So Dr. Yeadon has not only been censored in the German parliament, but he's also been censored in the British parliament, in the Houses of Westminster, in the, in the uh, House of Commons, uh, at an event which was um, held um, on invitation by Andrew Britgen, um, uh, the British MP, um, who, uh, who is speaking out against uh, the shots, and, and he deserves credit for this. However, on this event, um, there were other leading um, uh, people in the movement, in the so-called health movement, who have continued to say that there is an unmet need for mitigation methods because another pandemic might still come and it might be bigger and worse than this one. So we just have been lucky. Dr. Robert Malone is one of those people who says this. And of course, this is very serious because if you follow this logic, then indeed there may be reason for why governments should be able to limit our um, freedoms. Okay. And this is something which we need to really get um, down and, and, and check out very thoroughly because we even engage in such, such a thought about um, possible um, need for containment and mitigation methods. Dr. Yeadon was censored at the same event where Dr. Um, Malone um, re-emphasized this unmet need. And so therefore, this is another indication of something going on where we need to have the courage and the power to speak um, our minds um, about what we see uh, going on. And we, in this case, being Dr. Yeadon and Dr. Kui and, and others who say, look, there is no evidence of spread. I mean, uh, um, Danny Rancourt from Canada has also made a lot of um, data available showing that there is no, no evidence for any kind of epidemic spread. Um, and, and therefore, this, this, this would take away all um, justification for any containment measure which was taken since 2020. And this is the issue we should talk about. Even though uh, the DNA um, um, impurities in the shots are, of course, um, uh, very, very unfortunate and, and very painful and, and even deadly for, for people who, who took the shots, but it's not our basic problem, right? We are in a situation where they are continuing to... Um, to introduce other measure, methods. And Dr. Malone is someone who is holding um, intellectual property patents uh, on some of those other forms of um, immunization with genetic substances, just not by way of an mRNA shot, right? But for example, by electroporation or some other kind of methods. And this is very serious because someone like him who is advocating for an unmet need of containment measures if he should be our leader next time, say, oh, yeah, no, this is this time it is very, very serious. We have to take it. Many people may even think that he's speaking the truth when, in fact, he may not be. And this is the question we need to debate. Yeah. Uh, hi, Uwe. Um, like you're mentioning about like the censorship I, pr prior to recording, I told you that my um, my awakening podcast, the, the YouTube channel was kicked off, but I put on my personal channel. Vera, who had, we had as a wonderful guest on, on her show, and that got a strike. And I'm just wondering, 
with what you're doing, all the exposing, and you're, you know, you're obviously very close with Vera. Like, what kind of censorship are you experiencing? Well, I've also had many, uh, many of my um, initial videos taken down from YouTube. I'm not, I'm not publishing on YouTube anymore. I also um, went for other platforms, um, and I have been, uh, whilst until I met Vera, I had been doing a lot of interviews with a lot of people. So I had Dr. McCullough, I had Dr. Corey, I had Tess Laurie, I had even Dr. Michael Levitt uh, in 2020, so the Nobel laureate who, who also spoke about um, no exponential um, um, spread and stuff. I had Knut Wyskowski and my uh, unique um, uh, selling proposition until then was to translate those kind of um, English language uh, experts into German. So that's how I started, and that's why I um, reached out to Vera to to talk about the Israeli uh, vaccination campaign. And, and since then, I have I had to really concentrate on on the work which was most um, important. And and uh, for me, this has been to help Vera to get out the word, right? Um, so therefore, I have not uh, been doing um, controversial medical um, um, stuff any longer. Um, so therefore, there had been no um, no censorship on that. We have been doing a lot about Vera's um, uh, talk, and and yes, we also face some forms of censorship. You could say, even inside the alternative media um, orbit, because people have just not been prepared to report about the movie. Right, the Never Again Is Now Global movie, for example. German media almost none of them picked it up, not even the alternative media, because they said, you must not touch this, you must not make a comparison uh, about this. I'm saying, I, it was not me who did it, it is a Holocaust survivor, so do you say that we need to censor them in expressing their concerns of a possible repeat? I don't think so, but that's what they did, so therefore there were those kinds of censorship. And then we had in August of 2022, the 75th um, anniversary of the um, declaration of the Nuremberg Code, right? So after the Second World War, um, some of the perpetrators, not all of them, and maybe not the most important ones, were put on trial in Nuremberg. And uh, it was a long um, streak of, um, of tribunals. The first was the International Military Tribunal, where, you know, the very prominent names or some of the prominent names were, were tried, but uh, what followed then were 12 other subsequent trials. And the first of those 12 following trials was the so-called doctor's trial, which went on from 1946 to 1947. Um, um, so from October 1946 to August 1947. That's why on August 20th of, of 1947, in um, the uh, um, final session where the verdict was was being um, uh, uh, was being spoken about uh, those on trial, the Nuremberg Code was declared stating the individual right of every person to object to any form of experimentation. Um, and for this reason, 75 years later, in August 2022, um, uh, people um, so the group uh, Doctors for Enlightenment um, uh, and Doctors Rise in Germany, Ärzte stehen auf und Ärzte für Aufklärung, they and others, um, they put together this event in Nuremberg 
uh, where they had a huge stage and it was um, it was um, attended by thousands of people um, uh, where people such as Vera and Vera was one of the pr uh, prime guests who spoke at first um, addressed the world population. It was streamed live into the whole world uh, about the re relevance of this Nuremberg Code to what is going on today according to what people who have to say something about it, such as Vera, think, right? Again, it's not the question of whether she says what she says is true 100% or 90% or whatever. We don't have to debate this. We have to make it um, possible for them to express their concerns. This was also kind of censored by the uh, mainstream media. And it was used by the authorities in Germany to even um, start investigations against Vera herself, okay? So what, what happened was earlier the same year in January 2022, in Brussels, a huge rally was abandoned, was called off before it even began. Um, and Vera was there and was about to address 500,000 people in the center of Brussels. She had spoken in Brussels on the very morning before this rally was due to take place in a press conference. And she had expressed her views in this press conference already. So therefore the authorities knew what she was going to tell, at least uh, generally. So therefore, our conclusion was that they had no interest of Vera addressing such a huge crowd uh, about this serious concerns of hers. So they created a pretext to call off the stuff. They infiltrated the demos. So they let, um, you know, Antifa um, uh, uh, provocateurs into the demonstration and they, they caused havoc and, and threw, um, you know, smoke bombs and stuff like that. So therefore the police um, used this pretext to call off the whole um, rally. This we did not want to risk a second time in August. So therefore we told no one that Vera was going to come. It was, it was a secret to almost anybody. Um, and when she went on stage, no one knew that she was there. And then she spoke for 30 minutes and it was a very powerful speech which you can also see on Vera's page, ahrp.org, or on neveragainisnowglobal.com. So therefore, I encourage everyone to, to revisit this speech, read it or see it. It's, it's up in, in many, many recordings. After this speech, Vera was reported to the police for alleged Holocaust relativization, right? A Holocaust survivor was reported to police and the police did not just say, oh, we don't think this has any merit. They investigated her and they still are investigating her. So they have not um, uh, concluded uh, uh, their remarks and say, this is just someone warning about a possible repeat on the grounds of very serious um, evidence. They have still uh, written out Vera for questioning. So whenever Vera should come back to Germany, she must um, fear that she is being detained by police for questioning about her um, alleged Holocaust tribulation. This in itself is a scandalous um, uh, incident. And, and this, this may be 
um, thought of as a sort of uh, you know censorship of sorts. It is definitely it is a um, uh, a a you know instrumentalization of the law um, against those who speak truth to power, which Vera is clearly doing. I mean, it's obviously a fair factor they put into people to keep them quiet and don't jump out and, you know, stand from the crowd. Wait, you mentioned Dr. Malone. I remember seeing him on one interview when he admitted he got double jabbed himself. And it was kind of, I kind of realized straight away, you know, this doesn't seem right. But if you look at the media that he's been on then, you know, like Joe Rogan, and you connect with a lot of the stuff. You look at the demonic stuff. I have pictures of him with demonic pictures and with satanists. And then you read on Musk the exact same. And all these different massive podcasters are, because that's kind of the, the new media, are just sharing these guests around. But you don't get the, the guests like Vera going on it. And unfortunately, a lot of people are kind of falling for this kind of propaganda and they're even dropping little bombs like you know say rogan be talking about saying michelle obama no she'd be a great president and people aren't even realizing what they're doing they're planting all these little seeds how because unfortunately a lot of people aren't actually seeing what's going on you as a journalist understanding things how would you kind of let people kind of to decipher who they can trust yeah, I mean, this is this is a huge challenge, right? Um, uh, so you you cannot, uh, I think, it's it's not wise to answer by the same token and by the, with the same means. So censorship of stuff we think uh, of being evil is not the way. Um, I mean, Matt Arad has been uh, mentioned uh, um, by Grace earlier um, at the beginning of this talk, and I must uh, say that Matt. Eret is a is a great teacher, has been a great teacher of me and continues to be one because he is opening my eyes. Again, understand, I've got a PhD in history, but my PhD is worth nothing because it has been granted to me by an institution of the establishment. Okay, so what they are teaching as history is not the history as it should be taught. I have learned this from Matthew Arad and from his reference to, I mean, his latest book, uh, Science Unshackled, I can only recommend to everyone, and, and Grace, you've been doing a show about it, or um, as I know, and, and it's, I can recommend everyone to, to revisit this show. So, so in this, he, he lays out how there is, has been a, a tradition of two kinds of history and two kinds of sciences um, uh, being uh, um, in existence uh, uh, next to each other. And of course, one is the true science and one is something which has been created artificially to suppress the truth and to press the, the true science. And it comes down to basically Platonic um, um, philosophy, right? The, the, the Platonic school of dialogue and, and, and dialectic in this way, scientific rigorous scientific testing going not only for knowledge um, uh, from an uninformed state, not only for knowledge, but also going for prudence, for, for reason, right? This is something which has been taken away and it applies also to history because you have to also uh, go about it in the same manner to, to, to look about, uh, look for the, for the traditions of for example, cults, right? 
So oligarchies, going back to Babylon, um, uh, the Persians, uh, then Roman Empire, Venice, um, this has all been oligarchies um, uh, of, of a small group of uh, people with, with vested interests who want to keep the masses dumb and ignorant. Uh, and, and what they teach to them is just a um, shallow image of, of the truth. And it stops uh, at being reasonable. It stops at being creative. And it, it creates a fake um, um, science about, you know, Malthusian uh, overpopulation and, and, and climate uh, change and, and stuff like that, which is uh, which has got nothing to do with what is going on because temperatures have been changing um, um, since since the world began it, and it's got nothing to do with CO2. So therefore, creating this um, this ideology is something which we must get out of. And again, Matthew and Cynthia Chung, his wife, have just been putting together this this great show about um, the escape from Calypso Island uh, and 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 how this cultish um, death cult um, belief have, have contributed to uh, uh, the public being taught a very, very wrong way of uh, looking at, at the world and of forgetting their creative powers um, to, um, to go about and, and solve problems in a creative and, and, and truthful way with a focus on truth and beauty um, and, and, and God's uh, wisdom, right? Sorry. I'm sorry. So, so therefore, um, yes, we have to uh, go about it the hard way, which is re-educating people about those foundations of what truth is, what science is, and then let them make up um, their own mind. We have to continue to speak out against injustice and, and about fake science and, and the perversion of, um, of science and truth. Uh, but we also have to stick to our values and our, um, um, and our you know, the, the sacred principle uh, of, uh, of creation and, and, and be, man being created um, in God's image, right, and and, and not being a, a burden on uh, on the planet, or, or so. This is this is Methuvian, um ideology, which has been created to sustain the British imperial uh, model of the British East India Company and British Africa Company and British American Company and all this, you know, um, this uh, instruments uh, of suppressing progress all over the world, keeping people dependent and and consumerist and 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 dump and like just finally before i pass you over to your fellow german there um like with what vera was saying that this is going to happen again like a lot of people think not in a million years but if you look uh, like we i've reported on one of the previous shows but that they were basically doing conscription in for the ukrainians that had actually moved to ireland and like I know that in Poland as well, they were kind of you know, pushing them back. But I heard today that the UK, I don't know, has it been passed or they're pushing it for conscription in the UK? And when you look at that, it's like for that to happen, they need wars and they want wars and there will be wars. And it's like it's all planned, but people don't really know and think this can happen. But the reality is it's written. It's there. We can see it happening. 
Right. I think um, so. My my initial reaction to that would be okay. Let's let's be very cautious about what we manifest and and what we uh, already invite into reality as possible. Right. That they want it, I subscribe to it. I mean, I come from this from a town, the, t the city of Osnabrück, which is one of the two cities in which the Peace of Westphalia was negotiated, right? The Peace of Westphalia was the settlement of the 30 years war in Europe, which brought destruction and death uh, to, to large parts of Central Europe, uh, Germany in particular. And, and the, so here was this peace was um, negotiated and, and it was a, um, and Matt has also talked about it, it was an instrument of, you know, of progress, of coming to terms with the concept of a sovereign nation uh, which uh, has uh, which no one else has a right to interfere right for example and with the concept of uh, of, of human dignity also and anyway so what i'm saying is the former mayor of this town of osnabrück the city of osnabrück who had been host to so many events highlighting the progress concept of of the Peace of Westphalia, right? Osnabrück is called the city of peace in German, the Friedensstadt. He is now the German minister of war because it's not a ministry of defense anymore. He is advocating for people to brace for war. We have to be prepared for war. This is exactly what they're saying. And this is what we have to stand up against and say, no, we don't buy into this, we don't do this, we resist, we don't take part, right? So this this man, he's forgetting all he said um, during his uh, time in office, and it has nothing to do with what is going on on the world stage, because as we know, you don't, um, you don't make peace by going to war. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a perverted con concept of, uh, of getting to a peace, uh, by uh, by waging war, you have to sit down, negotiate, and you have to try to understand um, uh, your opponent and and their interests, and you have to find reasonable, right, reason, reasonable solutions which serve humanity instead of destructing destruction um, uh, and 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 death uh, for for innocent um, uh, civilians and for the truth. Excellent. Thank you very much, Uwe. Pass over to Hartmann. Hello, Uwe. My pleasure talking to you. My name is Hartmut from Bavaria. I'm very happy to, to talk to you. Hi. And um, well, um, it, it's a it's a very tough subject because, for example, also in Germany, we have we live in Germany in very exciting times. For example, in uh, at the weekend, the monumental of the victims for the war in Dresden was destroyed. Yeah. And um, I really remember the quote of George Orwell, who controls the past, controls the future, who controls uh, the present, controls the past. And um, we are living now in a, in a situation where people, yeah, they, the situation is no one is allowed to talk about the history because then we could repeat it, we could remember it. Yeah, and and uh, by remembering it, we could try to to hold to have freedom. Um, the 
pandemic was more or less the first level of uh, global torture, in my opinion, which can be very good, which is described in the Amnesty International report for torture in, from 1974. So that the uh, and and the interesting thing is by psychological torture or torture in in general is that after it is all about breaking the will you have to break the will of the victim the torture task is to break the will of the victim so that the victim will do everything what he wants to do and at the same time when in the moment when the will is broken the the victim will adore admire will admire the the um torturer and will become a torturer by himself and yeah. and he is losing completely let's say the his own discernment and this is what we are facing in this in this in this world for example we had this pandemic and then that we got bombarded with completely stupid information and to this, and by the bombardment of the uh, of our brain with completely stupid information the discern the the discernment will decrease as well yeah. so the point is um do you do you still have hope that the people who are so brainwashed will have the chance to see the truth because we must understand the most people or let's say it this way many people um choose to live in security and are willing to sacrifice freedom for this yeah what, what is your opinion about that well i'm i'm a committed and uh um, this decidedly optimistic person, and uh, so therefore there is, of course, there is hope. This is this is um, the message of uh, of almost any religion um, which is in any way human and and has the benefit of the people at heart. So therefore, um, I'm a Christian, and uh, this is uh, this is what I believe definitely that there is hope even though that the circumstances may look dire and you're right um, trauma inflicting trauma um, on on uh, on the psyche of of people is and has been a way of manipulating um, behavior on an, an individual basis but also on a collective basis and in one of the um, pieces which i wrote on my blog is the tavistock connection hitler tavistock connection uh, I can also um, uh, um, support the evidence uh, that there has been a connection between the London Tavistock's um, uh, School of Psychology, of Psychological Warfare, um, with uh, the young Adolf Hitler before uh, he became uh, um, a leading figure in German politics even. So he was, he was around uh, at Tavistock, he was where the Russell family of Lord Bertrand Russell and other um, family members 
have their dominion and, and their properties. And, and it is no coincidence that Tavistock is at the Tavistock Square, which is also a piece of property that belonged to the Russell family uh, before it was, um, uh, you know, uh, turned into a, uh, um, uh, a city um, uh, 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 quarter, right? So therefore, there is this distinct connection that people have been have been manipulated and used as tools for the oligarchy. How to get out of this is um, with the principle of uh, mutual respect and love and hope and peace, right? So this is something which we have to, Mahatma Gandhi, he inflicted um, the second big um, defeat to the British oligarchy by, uh, by leading uh, the, the push for um, in independence uh, of India from Great Britain. And the first was, of course, the American Revolution um, uh, under George Washington and, and Benjamin Franklin and others who have been committed to uh, the principle of reason. Um, now, Gandhi did not go to war. He chose to, uh, to remain um, pacifist and, and he was very successful in that. Um, uh, I do think that it is something which we need to really uh, take uh, into account and, and think about that we cannot or maybe we should not at least um, resort uh, to violence. Uh, um, but we should have hope and we should stick to what we perceive as truth and what we perceive as truth will result in a creative, reasonable process of rigorous testing of hypotheses and that's plateau i understand um one question can we do 15 minutes longer because this is a very interesting topic for me if you have time sure brilliant because um this can you explain something about the school because this is so interesting that there are schools in order to serve the oligarchs I, I'm I'm talking about this because um, by accident I found a profile on Instagram, and uh, this lady is talking about her abuse, like Paris Hilton, in uh, in the treatment facility for teens in the United States of America. And the interesting thing is, they rob they rob the dignity of the children directly from the first day by putting them in the naked in the glass box for three days, for example. And the interesting thing is these treatments are mostly run by um, military. There are 6,000 6, schools in the US. They have 200,000 uh, teens annually who go through this hell. And it's funded by $23 billion of the government. And one treatment costs $200,000 for six months. And this, when you mentioned this school, I immediately tried to figure dots or try to find out dots to these kind of schools in the United States of America, because these are the schools for the most wealthy children, not for, let's say, for, for the usual people. The most wealthy children, like Paris Hilton, went through these uh, schools and and in my opinion as far as I understood it it turns empath in narcissists so please 
go ahead with the school and maybe about your knowledge about the school because it will under it will explain a lot. Well, so, so I'm I'm not familiar with uh, the example you you uh, cited, but uh, what I can say is that uh, there is ample um, evidence um, uh, been published already about the um, the Tavistock um, Institute and and this whole school of psychological manipulation, psychological warfare and dominance. I mean, it's it's not um, a coincidence. I think that almost all intelligence services bring their personnel for training to Tavistock, okay, um, to, to, to be trained in, 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 in such practices, whatever they are. I haven't, I haven't done a deep dive into the ways that this has been done because it is abhorrent to me, but there are many people who are far more versed on, uh, on explaining what is exactly going on about it. All I can say is that this is this is going on. It has been set up right from the beginning to serve the interests of an oligarchy. And this is something which we can also see throughout history where those cultish or perverse um, beliefs have been used to... Um, to you know, mess with a, a, a sane and healthy development of society by way of corrupting individuals with satanic, diabolical uh, practices, uh, with humili humiliation. And yes, you're right. It is it is it is common knowledge that those who have been subject to this kind of torture and 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 mishandling uh, are very very um, easily. Um, uh, um, fall very easily into the same uh, modus operandi uh, when they get uh, to uh, to a position of uh, of having power over over others. So therefore, um, this kind of perversion breeds uh, more perversion, and and we have to find ways to break through this vicious cycle. Uh, and again, I think um, a spiritual, humanistic. Uh, so you don't have to. I mean people who are not, uh, um, uh, you know, inclined spiritually sometimes want to take great pains to, to watch it just with pure reason. But even if you do this, if you look at Plato, um, you, can, you can see that there is um, a way to, to come to uh, the, the, the truth um, and, and to discover the concept of, of what it is that... Um, really is creative, productive, um, and, and reasonable in terms of um, bringing forth progress in life for humanity. And, and this is exactly what we should aim for. We should uh, actively resist getting uh, drawn into this kind of um, destructive uh, modus, um, which is also uh, a call to really hold us to to principles of uh, and, and to higher standards ourselves and to make an extra effort, which we can only do if we get out of this focus on what is going on uh, in the world in a negative way and we focus on the beauty and the concept of, um, uh, of, uh, uh, of freedom, for example, which, which is necessary. I mean, Schiller... Uh, Again, I'm quoting uh, from Matt and, and Cynthia's work. 
um, Schiller is the one, Friedrich Schiller, a German, so you and I should know best, but I had to admit that I was very um, poor in my knowledge of Schiller, but I have, I have uh, revisited his um, essays on, uh, on a human um, uh, education um, by way of focusing on the concept of beauty, truth, um, and divinity. Um, and then he said it is through, um, through beauty that we get to freedom, whatever we, uh, we consider freedom to be, but it is through beauty. So therefore we have to also set aside um, um, moments in our schedule to disengage from the negativity and to realign with the concept of uh, truth and beauty um, and, and, and divinity of which we are not only a part, but we are called upon and created in God's image to contribute to this uh, ongoing work. And, and, and this is something which I think is sometimes hard to do because when we are in fear of what's going on, of what could go even worse, therefore we sometimes we focus all the more on the negative stuff, but, but we can only do this for so long. So therefore we have to disengage from this uh, in a regular fashion and in a controlled and disciplined fashion to also re-educate ourselves, to reconnect with the beauty and with the power of uh, uh, of the creativity of, of life and, and, and what is what is good and true. I I like to quote my brother. He is a he is a passionate uh, motorbike driver, and he said, "If you are on a curve with your motorbike and you see a stone, you have to see the line beside the stone. So you see the stone and you see the line beside the stone. For this reason, it's in my opinion quite important to see the stone as well." but not to focus on the stone, because if you focus exactly. on the stone, then you have an accident. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and uh, no, this is, this is uh, very interesting. And um, no, thank you so much. It was, uh, it, uh, I could dive very deep in this <laughs> subject with the schools and with the psychological, because um, this kind of schools, what you say, or let's say it this way, this, uh, this kind of schools also in the United States, which are, 6,000 already right now they have let's they have these the people behind them who run them or let's say the knowledge of the school is very important for knowing how to control people and i see how this control is done let's say in marketing strategies without pain in the society by movies, by education systems, yeah. yeah, by changing the education system, etc. So they bring this kind of robbing the dignity, torturing and breaking the will. They make it public right now. And this is something what we have to, in my opinion, we have to see it. So that and we have to talk about this. Uh, so that um, that the false freedom can be very um, destructive. Yeah. Yeah. This is. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you. I, I I pass it to Grace. Thank you, everyone, and uh, 
Uwe, do you want to have your last words of wisdom and invitation for our audience who are to follow you and Eva, uh, Vera, Sharav, and whatever else? And before that, let me just say that Roy, follow Roy also at the Awakening Podcast. And Harmut is going to resuscitate her podcast, Go Your Own Path. He's been busy. And of course, follow me at Quantum Nurse Freedom International Podcast. We all have our presence when you search our name. But most of all, please support. And we have fantastic people, individual men and women like Dr. Uwe Alschner, whom you could find in his, subscribe in his podcast. Uh, some stack and also in this YouTube and many more. So, Uwe, please. Yeah, so thank you again, Grace, for the opportunity to um, address your audience and to answer your, your questions. Um, it is very important to have this kind of um, dedicated uh, discussions with a focus on, on the beauty um, and, and truth, uh, which we are called upon to um, to, to foster and to promote. Um, the work uh, which I would really like everyone to, to check out is that of Vera Sharaf. Um, she is the founder and president of the Alliance for Human Research Protection, AHRP.org. Um, and the documentary which Vera has produced and I have been uh, assisting her in, in this, uh, you can find on neveragainisnowglobal.com com my own uh, work in english language so i have a work in i have a blog in, in german which uh, uh, is not relevant to to this audience uh, of english language but my english language writings you can find on never again is now global dot substack dot com um, and uh, in it i i will try to uh, to make connections to understand uh, the past to also make informed decisions uh, about uh, what is going on and, and, and how we should react to it in the, in the present in order to make a contribution uh, to a um, uh, fruitful, uh, creative and constructive life um, in, in a spirit of mutual uh, human dignity. And this is uh, what uh, uh, I think is also uh, coming from you, Grace, and so therefore, thank you for inviting me onto your show. You're most welcome, Uwe, and you know that it's been, this is a wonderful beginning, and I can only assure you that I'm going to reach out to you again in the future, <laughs> okay? So, and whenever you're free and you have time, we'll be with you again. Thank you. And for those of you there um, following us, please don't forget to like, subscribe, share, 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 and do your part in every little way. Because that little way, just like uh, all the other um, people who, pa who passed on already, with one person could always make a big difference. And yes, truth is beauty, freedom is beauty. So don't get, get distracted with all the things that we are fearful of or else we'll just be we will just succumb to everything bad okay so source bless god bless to everyone take care hug you from a distance bye bye thank you very much thank you